sure to grab your death certificate. Watch out for hitchhiking ghosts. Stand clear of elevator shafts. And look over your shoulder for those Disney villains. Because this is the annual not-so-scary Halloween celebration on Disney On Demand. It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents... Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air. Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you D-heads, it is time to dim the lights. Look over your shoulder and watch out for Mr. Boogity, because this week we continue on with our fourth annual Not-So-Scary Halloween month-long celebration here at the show. And this week for show number 121. For the week of October 15th, 2015, we're going to have all kinds of fun as we're going to take a trip to the gag shop, go to Lucifer Falls, and watch out for Mr. Boogity, as we have none other than Oz Scott stopping in here at the show. Now, Oz Scott is a director and producer who's done a variety of films that you know and love, like Mr. Boogity, Bride of Boogity, The Cheetah Girls, episodes from Lizzie McGuire, Gotham, Bustin' Loose with Richard Pryor, The Jeffersons, Gimme a Break, and many other classics that you know and love. And Oz is going to stop in and talk about a variety of different things, taking that trip through Halloween, The Darkness, and Mr. Boogity and Bride of Boogity, including going into some of those scenes that Michael Eisner asked him to cut because they were a little too dark. In addition, he is going to talk about the Cheetah Girls, his upcoming films and TV shows that you can watch, and so many other things, as he's going to help us celebrate Halloween as we continue on with our celebration here at the show. In addition, no Halloween celebration would be complete without the D-Team. That's right, they all have their costumes on this week. They're all getting ready for Boogity Boogity Boo. And you have questions and he has answers. And Aaron is going to answer all your questions and I want to know. With the latest from the Walt Disney World Resorts, as Caitlin is dancing around at the not-so-scary Halloween party with WDW and 2. We have Nathan dusting off the cobwebs with the ghost host with This Week in Disney History. And let's not forget the darkness, the spookiness of all that Disney music as Paige is looking back at the Magical Music Review. And let's not forget going down into the vault, a deep, dark place where all the Blu-rays and DVDs reign supreme as Jason is bringing you this week's vault with another Blu-ray and DVD you want to add to your collection. We have all kinds of fun hot off the D-wire with news from Walt Disney World Resorts, Downtown Disney, Disneyland, Marvel, Star Wars, and so much more throughout the Walt Disney Company, the parks, Disney Channel, and so many other things. So all VD heads, as you can tell, I am excited for this one because I grew up with Mr. Boogity, Bride of Boogity, and they are Halloween staples in my home. So I am excited for this week's show. So before I officially kick it off, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by DVC-Rental.com. At DVC-Rental.com, you can save up to 60% of your next Walt Disney World vacation just by purchasing unused Vacation Club points from Vacation Club members and spend it on what else? All of those not-so-scary Halloween party tickets at the Magic Kingdom. So definitely check them out at DVC-Rental.com, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So, OVD heads, with that said, it is time to go back in time. The Disney Sunday night movies, so many other things. Let's get ready for Oz Scott 
and Mr. Boogity, Bride of Boogity. And how about a little bit of Disney's Halloween treat? Be right back, all VD heads, and Boogity, Boogity, Boo. Call it one, and all tonight. It's hopping at the hall tonight. Dropping at the ball tonight. Disney's Halloween treat. Creatures on the prowl tonight. Features fair and foul tonight. They'll meet you there to howl tonight. At Disney's Halloween treat. Black cats and bats and ghosts. Make most attractive hosts. They're dying for a dance with you. So play that haunting refrain. And now, it's time for a Disney Halloween. Knocking a conga drum You know the lead singer starts to make his 
crime While the other zombies rocking in time One bystander he had this to say It was a trip to see the zombies break away And they were singing back to back with more Belly to belly, well I don't give a damn Cause I'm stoned dead already Back to back with belly, belly to belly A zombie jamboree And they were singing back to back with more Belly to belly, well I don't give a damn Cause I'm stoned dead already Back to back with belly to belly A zombie jamboree To the Statue of Liberty Uptown, downtown Zombie Jamboree Whoa, 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 yeah, yeah There's a high wire zombie Between the world trades A King Kong zombie on the Empire State But the biggest zombie Is Tokyo to Rome The zombies who call the city home Back to back Belly to belly Well, I don't give a damn Cause I'm stoned dead already Back to back A Disney On Demand Memory. Hey, D-Heads. This is Aaron. And I want to tell you about a time that I wasn't necessarily scared, but I was pretty spooked. I was working overnight at a grocery store in California. It was around Halloween time. There were three of us in the store that night. We had an upstairs office that you could see from where we were working. Then out of the corner of my eye, I see the door shut and hear it close. The upstairs is locked, and all three of us are on the floor working. That door is always locked, and at night that alarm is turned on, but I know what I saw and heard. So I rush upstairs, thinking someone else is in the store. I have to unlock the door to get upstairs. I look in the window of the office, but see no one. I check the office door, and it's locked. I then put the key into the lock, open the door, and then the alarm goes off. Well, to say the least at this point, I was pretty spooked. I was never able to explain that, but it's not the only experience I had from my time working at that store. But that's a story for another time. Boogity boogity boo! I can't believe it. It's Disney Blues. Disney On Demand. You hear that? It's the winds of change. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. 
All right, all of you D-heads, so I hope you enjoy the official kickoff for show number 121 for the week of October 15th, 2015, as we're continuing on with our fourth annual Not-So-Scary Halloween month-long celebration, as this week we are getting dark, spooky, with Mr. Boogity, the Bride of Boogity, and so much more, as we're welcoming director and producer... Oz Scott here to the show very shortly. We also have the D team stopping in with their spooky, spectacular segments, all kinds of fun on the horizon, tons of news off the D wire, and so much more, including many of those spooky, fun, spine tingling Halloween memories, as the D team is going to share some of their scarier moments from their Halloween past. So we have all kinds of things on the horizon. So before I kick off into news hot off the D wire, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at dizradio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete archives, our latest news feed, our lifetime of Disney player, and more, right there on our official website at dizradio.com, D-I-Z radio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can friend us on Facebook at facebook.com slash John Diz. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and more. Just search Disney Blue, that's B-L-U, Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, or Disney On Demand, all of which will get you to our fun, spectacular show. And remember, you can also subscribe to our show in iTunes and Stitcher Radio and get the latest shows right there on your mobile device, your Android, your iPhone, your tablet, and more, just by subscribing through iTunes and Stitcher Radio. So, all of you D-heads, with that said, let's jump into news hot off the D-wire. And since we're continuing on with our month-long Halloween celebration, let's talk about some Diz Radio news. And how about the second annual Fall Blog Celebration? Yes, with absolutely free party playlists. Yes, Caitlin from the D-Team that you can connect up with at our official website has the official second annual Fall Celebration blog up and running on our official website and this year she's continuing on with the not so scary adventures cozy movie nights hanging out by the fire and all the fun ways to celebrate halloween this season and this week she has put together an absolutely free playlist that you can listen to right now on spotify with the first one being the rotten to the core playlist which i think speaks for itself followed by the not-so-scary playlist for some of those younger Disney fans and D-heads out there as well. Now, if you want to find the links to this, you can definitely check it out on our official website at dizradio.com, D-I-Z-Radio.com. Click on the link, and you can listen to the entire playlist right there using Spotify right through our website, so definitely check it out. Caitlin's going to be putting together more of these blogs all season long for you to celebrate Halloween, costumes, carving, and many other goodies. Now, pushing right along here, let's get into toys in the toy industry. And how about the toy industry naming Bob Iger as the 2016 inductee into the esteemed Hall of Fame? That is right. The Toy Industry Association announced this week that it's excited to induct Robert Iger, chairman and CEO of the Walt Disney Company, into the Toy Industry Hall of Fame. Now, Mr. Iger was selected by members of the Toy Industry Association in recognition of his significant contributions to the industry and the impact of his work and that it had on the lives of children worldwide. Now, Mr. Iger joins an impressive roster of over 70 toy industry luminaries, including Jim Henson, George Lucas, and many others that have been inducted into this Hall of Fame since 1984. Now, the induction ceremony will be held on February 12, 2016, in conjunction with the annual Toy of the Year Award celebration at the American Museum of Natural History in New York City. Now, there's a lot of great things about this. Now, what they have officially released for all of us to, you know, know how fun and exciting this is, they said just about every child around the globe has been touched by the magic of Disney. 
said the Toy Industry Association president and CEO, Steve Parisburg. Mr. Iger has done an impressive job of building on Disney's rich history and growing their storytelling portfolio, creating new experiences and unforgettable memories for generations of kids to come. So definitely check this one out. It will be online and many other places, but the 2016 ceremony honoring Mr. Iger will take place at the 16th Annual Toy of the Year Awards on Friday evening, February 12th, 2016, as I mentioned, at the American Museum of Natural History in New York City. It is definitely going to be a fun one Come on, who doesn't love toys and who doesn't love Disney? Now, pushing along here, since we are talking about growing the children for future generations, how about it's time, it's down to the wire for that final chance for high school students to apply for the 2016 Disney Dreamers Academy. Yes, with the school year already full in swing, so are the applications for the 2016 Disney Dreamers Academy with Steve Harvey and Essence Magazine. Now, the innovative out-of-the-classroom educational mentoring program that's brought to you by the Walt Disney World Resort is going to select over 100 selected people to participate in a hands-on learning experience from high school students nationwide, and they must apply at DisneyDreamersAcademy.com by October 30th. So you have about two more weeks left to get this in. Now, Disney Dreamers Academy continues to hold true its mission to inspire and fuel the dreams of teens and help them discover a world of possibilities and help them prepare for the future. Now, each year, students participate in engaging in immersive workshops related to a variety of career paths, ranging from animation to zoology. Now, each participant learns the most important skills, such as communication techniques, leadership values, and networking strategy. Now, Steve Harvey, the syndicated radio and television personality, along with Essence Magazine and Walt Disney World Resort, will host the selected dreamers during their four-day power pack career and educational exploration all together. Now, as Steve Harvey has noted, one of my personal commitments is to always give back, particularly to the youth. We've seen 800 students come through the program, and I'm excited to find the next 100. I encourage all high school students to take advantage and apply for the Disney Dreamers Academy because I truly believe that a young person's dream is more important than anything. Now, if you are a high school student or you're a parent who has a high school student or whatnot, applicants must answer three essay questions describing their stories, the people who are most influential in their lives, and their dreams for the future. Now, students are selected based on a combination of attributes, including a strong character, positive attitude, and determination to achieve their dreams. Now, select Disney Dreamers, along with their parent or guardian, will receive an all-expense-paid trip to the Walt Disney World Resort in Florida, where they will participate in a life-changing sessions as they're surrounded by the ingenuity and passion represented in the Disney theme parks and from around the world. Now, the Disney Dreamers Academy will take place March 3rd through the 6th, of 2016. Now, applicants are open to high school students. Now, this is ages 13 through 19 until October 30th, 2015. Now, if you want to find out more about this, definitely check them out at DisneyDreamersAcademy.com. You can also follow them on Facebook.com slash DisneyDreamersAcademy. Now, shifting away from the children and building on the future, which we all love, let's shift into different children. And how about those of the villains? Yes, I'm talking about Disney's Descendants. And how about this sequel for Disney Descendants is now announced? and a special event is planned. Yes, Disney announced that a sequel to the hit Disney Channel original movie, Descendants, 
is now in the works. Now, Descendants follows the four children of the Disney villains, which you have Maleficent's daughter, who's Mal, which is played by Dove Cameron, as well as the evil queen's daughter, Jafar's son, and Cruella DeVille, as they decide whether they want to pursue a life of good or evil. Now, the made-for-TV movie's viewership now stands at 32 million, and the musical comedy adventure spawned an animated series, as well, Descendants Wicked World, that's been viewed over 17 million times through the Disney Channel and the Watch Disney Channel app, as well as YouTube. Now, Disney had released the film a few days early via the Watch Disney Channel app, and that paid off as Descendants has since posted 3.3 million video views there alone, breaking viewer records for the app. Now, this magical film from the Disney Channel also included other iconic Disney characters like Mulan, Fairy Godmother, Belle, and many others. And on Disney Channel Italy, it ranks as the highest Disney Channel original movie ever among girls ages 4 to 14. By nearly every measure, domestically and globally, Descendants has already become one of the biggest entertainment properties of this last year. And as they said, they are eager to delve deeper into the unfolding mythology of Eridon and Isle of the Lost. Now, the movie is being called Descendants 2 right now, but it is listed as a working title, so I'm sure we'll probably have a subtitle there after that as well, but it is going to be fantastic. Now, this film is off the charts. We kicked off our not-so-scary Halloween celebration with a track from the film as well, and in May of 2016, they are going to publish the follow-up book, Return to the Isle of the Lost. Now, the film also did feature songs, and the soundtrack hit number one on the Billboard 200 album chart this year. Well, now Descendants 2 is going to be coming in early of 2017 or late 2016. Now, moving from the screen, let's get into the parks again. And how about Epcot? And how about Disney setting a list of candlelight processional narrators? Yes, Walt Disney World has released the entire list of narrators for the 2015 edition of the Candlelight Processional, the annual retelling of the Christmas story at Epcot. Now, new participants include a variety of different people, including Daniel Day Kim, American Ferreira, and many others as well. Now, six narrators were announced this last summer, but the complete lineup is as follows in the order i'm not going to go through the dates for all of you d heads because that would just take me forever to ramble that on but you have gary sinise neil patrick harris whoopi goldberg joe morton anna gaysteyer meredith vieira american ferreira chandra wilson daniel day kim Edward James Almost, Blair Underwood, and Amy Grant. Now, along with the celebrity readers, Candlelight Processional includes a mass choir and a live orchestra at the theme park's American Gardens Theater. Now, the program runs three times nightly, beginning at 5 p.m., 6.45, and 8.15 p.m. Now, the event is included with your regular Epcot admission. If you've never attended this, it is beautiful. It is gorgeous. It is one of those things that you will take away with. Now, if you're not a Christian person or, you know, you don't care about the story of Christmas or whatnot, still attend it because it is just gorgeous, the production and the music and the choir and everything that goes into this event. Now, if you want to find out more information about the parks, holidays around the world program and more, visit DisneyWorld.com slash holidays. Now, let's get into the palm of your hand here, and how about Disney Interactive and apps? Yes, Disney Interactive has now launched Disney Dream Treats on its mobile devices. Now, Walt Disney has announced the launch of the Disney Dream Treats on mobile devices, the Match 3 puzzle game that was created by Crazy Kitchen and Zendangi Games. And it takes players on a tour of the Disney parks and resorts, where they'll interact with popular characters from Disney and Disney Pixar universes, including Mickey, Minnie, Ariel, Belle, Buzz Lightyear, Woody, and many others. Now, 
Now before jumping into the first level of the Disney Dream Treats, players can create an avatar by selecting their gender and adding a picture of their face, either by taking one or adding it from your camera roll. And after creating an avatar, users must select their starting location from three options. Disneyland, Walt Disney World, or Disneyland Paris. Now in each level, players can visit a restaurant in one of the Disney parks and resorts and must draw lines to connect three or more matching treat symbols and remove them from the board. Now each level has a different goal, like serving guests their favorite treats with many of the current treats that they currently have. Now as players clear off lines of five or more treats, they create bonus levels which may clear a whole roll. Now basically this is Candy Crush or uh, Disney Zoom Zoom, you, you name it, it's all the same, but they have additional power-ups that are available as well during the stages, and players have a limited number of moves to complete each stage in order to receive up to three stars. Now they have a variety of these that are going to be fun, and if you want to find it, they have it in the Amazon App Store, the iTunes App Store, and Google Play, and you can get it now on all of those devices. Disney Dream Treats is available, start playing it, get hooked, and add it into all those apps that you sit around with all the time. So. Pushing along here in news, I'm going to give you one more tidbit before I release the reins here to the D-Team because we have a lot of things on the horizon here this week. And how about Disney's Christmas Day Parade being taped at the Magic Kingdom November 10th through the 13th? Now, one thing you may notice is it is called the Christmas Day Parade once again. Not the uh, Frozen Parade or the Frozen Christmas or Frozen anything. Now, if we could just get them to show the actual parade again, that would be fantastic if it wasn't just one big plug for all the musical artists. I wish they would get back to actually showing the parade like back in the day. But I don't want to be negative about this. But if you'd like to grab a seat and witness the behind-the-scenes magic of the Disney's annual Christmas Day Parade, you want to get that spot on Main Street USA November 10th through the 13th as they're going to be taping it during those days. Now the parade, which is being called the Disney Parks Unforgettable Christmas Celebration, is pretty much the cream of the crop of holiday festivities as they're putting it, and it's going to be fun. Now over the course of the three days, they're going to be filming guests, artists, singers, all the little snippets, and, and so much more. Like I said, if they could get back to the day when they actually showed parades and insights of upcoming things at Disney, I would love that once again. But we'll all be tuning in because, come on, it wouldn't be Christmas without the Disney Parade. And now it's going to be the Disney Parks Unforgettable Christmas Celebration. So, all of you D-heads, with that said, I'm going to release the reins to the D-team. We have lots of things on the horizon. Aaron is going to dip his hand into that coffin and answer all your questions and I want to know. We have Nathan with This Week in Disney History. We have Caitlin with the latest from the Walt Disney World Resort and the Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Celebration with WDW and 2. We have Paige getting spooky once again with a magical music review. And Jason, who's running as fast as he can with his flashlight through the vault to get you another Blu-ray and DVD to add your collection. And all this as we're gearing up for the one and only director and producer of Mr. Boogity, Bride of Boogity, The Cheetah Girls, and so much more, Oz Scott, stopping in here very shortly to help us celebrate the Halloween season. So, all of you D-heads, before I let you go, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by DVC-Rental.com. At DVC-Rental.com, you can save up to 60% of your next Walt Disney World vacation just by purchasing unused Vacation Club points from Vacation Club members. And spending on what else? All of those fantastic souvenirs, Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween tickets, or even some of those fantastic Hocus Pocus t-shirts. So definitely check them out at dvc-rental.com, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all of you D-heads, with that said, I'm going to release the reins to the D-team. We have a fun, jam-packed show once again for you. So let's continue on our track for show number 121 for the week of October 15th, 2015, and boogity, boogity, boom. Oh, <laughs> 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 <laughs>
Here it is. They don't look like there's a Halloween party in there, though. Come on. Let's go check it out. I'm not going in there. No, me neither. I'll go. Be back in a minute. Next block. Come on. Trooper. Billings with stressed envelope to Davis and Kurt. 
Right down that. My Disney Sunday movie. Yeah, let's go home. This is home, sweetheart. It was their dream home until <gasps> they met an unexpected house guest. Time to call a realtor. Okay, so you don't want to talk. Fine. But beware of Mr. Boogity. Sunday. You have questions, we have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know. Hey, D-Heads, this is Aaron, and it's time again for another installment of I Want to Know. Hope everyone's loving the Halloween shows as much as we are doing them. Well, the Carpino family is heading for our annual trip to the corn maze this weekend. It's become a family tradition. And when it gets dark, that's when it gets really scary. And they have the Haunted Corn Maze and the Haunted Barn. It's so much fun. Hope all you D-Heads are out there enjoying some Halloween fun, too. Well, you've been busy sending in questions, so let's reach into the virtual coffin and see what questions we have for this week. Our first question is from Larry Guftiston of Ohio, and he writes, Disney On Demand, got to thinking about Halloween questions for you, so I thought I'd ask you about a Disney Channel movie. Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire. Is it out on DVD? I love this film. And is that Lizzie McGuire's dad in the movie? And the aunt from Sabrina? Also, did the boy and girl do anything else I'd seen them in? Thanks, and keep it spooky. Well, Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire was a Disney original movie released on October 13, 2000. For those of you who haven't seen this movie... It's about Adam and his best friend Duffy, who've gotten their hands on some tickets for the Headless Horseman concert. And his sister Chelsea has a date with her boyfriend Peter. The only problem is, they're both grounded. Chelsea and Adam will do whatever it takes to get their mom Lynette out of the house, even if it includes a chance meeting with a very mysterious man. Everything seems to be going according to plan, until their little brother Taylor realizes that this stranger might be a vampire. Well, the movie was never officially released on DVD. However, this month, it's available to watch on Xfinity On Demand. Robert Carradine plays the vampire hunter, and he also played Sam McGuire in Lizzie McGuire. And Carolyn Ray, who played the mom, also played Aunt Hilda in Sabrina the Teenage Witch. So you were correct. Matt O'Leary played Adam, and this was his first film, He was also in Spy Kids 2 and Spy Kids 3, playing Gary Giggles. He was also in the 2013 The Lone Ranger, as the character Skinny. Laura Vandervoort, who played Chelsea, also had some roles in the Goosebumps series of TV shows. She was also in the Disney Channel original movie Alley Cat Strike in 2000. She played Kara Zarell in the TV series Smallville, She's currently in a TV show I watch called Bitten, which she plays Elena Michaels. Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire is another fun Disney original movie. Make sure and catch it this Halloween season. Our next question is from James Donning of Atlanta, and he writes, Hey, you D-team. Boo to you. Halloween is off the hook, and your shows are rocking for my favorite time of the year. I figured I'd ask a question even if it is to only hear my name said on one of my favorite top three Disney podcasts. I wanted to make my question hard, but man, Aaron, you've tackled much on this show over the years, so here it goes. 
Chernabog from Fantasia is a rare Disney villain of sorts. Has he turned up anywhere else in Disney lore, like cartoons, shorts, movies, or TV? Looking forward to hearing the segment on the podcast. Longtime listener and D-head. Well, Chernabog is a giant evil demon who appears as the only main character in the Night of Bald Mountain, Ava Maria, segment of the 1940 Disney animated feature film Fantasia. He is based on the god of the night in Slavic mythology. At the Witch's Sabbath, he emerges from the peak of Bald Mountain to summon all of his minions, who dance furiously as he throws them into the mountain's fiery pit. He's also appeared many times over the years. He was in the films Fantasia 2000, The Sorcerer's Apprentice as a Statue, and Mickey's House of Villains. He was in the TV shows House of Mouse, A Poem Is, and he was on the last season of Once Upon a Time. He appeared in the video games Fantasia, Kingdom Hearts, Kingdom Hearts 3D, Dream Drop Distance, and Epic Mickey 2, The Power of Two. He's also made many appearances in the parks. He's been in Fantasmic, Spectral Magic, Disney's Fantalusion Parade, World of Color, Cinderella Castle Mystery Tour, Starlight Dreams, Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom, and the Storybook Land Canal Boats. He's truly one of the great Disney villains. Our final question is from Margaret of Michigan, and she writes... Diz Radio, last week the Halloween Town show was amazing. Just thought the show was fun and listened to it twice already. My question is about the franchise, and since you've had almost everyone from the films on the podcast over the years, it was best to ask you all. Why did Marnie change in the fourth film without Kimberly reprising her role? Thank you for the info, and happy Halloween. Well, I'd like to say there's some juicy story behind the change, but there isn't. Kimberly Brown was unable to reprise her role as Marnie due to scheduling conflicts with filming of her movie Big Bad Wolf in 2006. The role was then passed over to Sarah Paxton. I really wish they would have waited on her. I never really like when a main character changes, but it's still a great movie. Well, D-Heads... That concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for all the great questions and keep them coming. Send all your questions and comments to Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. Make sure to include your name and city so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, D-Heads, and pleasant dreams. The Hanson kids are dying to get their mom out on a date. She'll go out, then we'll go out. Why don't I feel better about this? But when they find out... Dimitri's a vampire. Good point. They'll be dying to get her out of it. I'm not going to let Dimitri turn mom into an onion. What? Disney Channel presents... I have the power. Yeah, right. Mom's got a date with a vampire. A Disney Channel original movie starring Caroline Ray. Enough! Mom's got a date with a vampire. Tomorrow at 8, 7 central on Disney Channel. Hello, kitties. It's me, John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And you're listening to 
Disney on demand. <laughs> and now a Disney on demand memory. Halloween has always been something of more fun than fright. But if you've listened to many of my reviews, there are some scary films that are actually frightful to me. So I do scare, but I don't scare easily. Uh, I think I am in the same vein with Jonathan, who could sit and watch horror movies all day and maybe break a sweat just a little bit. But that's what makes him fun. The fear is deep inside. It's just I choose not to show it. I probably jump a little bit, but not as much as many people do. I guess the time that I really got scared would be back in college. I went to a small school near Purdue. Yes, Paige and Caitlin, I was nearby Lafayette quite often, so I know your stomping grounds. And they used to have a great haunted house there. Uh, apparently, my cousins have since told me that they have closed this very lengthy house. It, it was amazing, uh, to the point where I walked through probably 75% of it, kind of knowing what was going to go on. And, but of course, I was with a lot of my college friends, and I was bringing both of my cousins with me. So Kyle and Cody were 9 and 13 at the time, so they were at that perfect age of, of frightfulness. And we went through this, again, 75%, probably no problem. Got to the end. The end was like this anticlimactic, oh, a ghost came out, a little ghoul came out. No big deal. And then all of a sudden, there was a spot to get snacks and drinks. And I went up, and I was literally going to get popcorn, because that is a bit of a downfall for me. I see popcorn. I've got to get some. And the lady behind the counter says, no, you don't want any. You don't want any. And I couldn't understand why. I mean, why would you not want to get popcorn? Who doesn't love good buttered popcorn? Or good kettle corn, for that matter. But anyway... She pushed me aside a little bit, and they kind of gathered us in the center of the room, and literally this room transformed into another scene that we had no idea was coming. Literally scared the pants off me. Totally caught me off guard. Great job. Awesome. And to this day, I will never forget that fright. So close. 
close all the windows Lock all the doors Unless you're careful why he'll get yours Don't think he'll hesitate a bit Cause you clip your top if this will fit He likes them little, he likes them big Put him in the middle or wear a wig Black or white or even red The headless horseman needs a head With a hip, hip, hip and a clippity-clop Why, he's out looking for a head to chop So don't stop to figure out a plan Cause you can't reason with a headless man With a hip, hip, hop and a clippity-clop Look out! talking about believe me you better watch your cues but take a look at the people who ignored the old good book change your ways you'll find it pays cause you can't be a haint if you ain't kind of crazed i guess you'd say take our word we know what we're talking about you know this is a pretty spooky thing we're doing here you don't mind if I turn on another light, do you? Hmm? Hi there, it's Caitlin here with WDWN2, a quick rundown of what's happening in the parks. A few weeks ago, I announced the sad news that Duffy the Disney Bear meet and greet was ending. But if you're a Duffy fan, this news should cheer you up. Duffy's best friend, Shelley May, is going to be available for purchase at Disney Parks very soon. According to the stories, Shelley May was made by Minnie Mouse and filled with her happiness so that Duffy would have a best friend. Shelley May's been super popular at Tokyo Disney, and I'm sure a lot of you will be thrilled that this little bear is coming to the Disney Parks in the States. She'll be available as a 12-inch and 17-inch plush, and of course there will be lots of adorable outfit options like Cinderella and Prince Charming, Minnie Mouse, a Disney Parks outfit, cheerleading uniform, and a cute little nightgown. They'll also be releasing her hardcover book and a Shelley Mae pillow pet. If you're a fan of the Flying Fish Cafe on Disney's Boardwalk, January 31st will be the last day to book reservations. It's going to close for several months to be reimagined and renovated. Don't worry though, the essence of the cafe will remain the same, with its seasonal menu and popular potato wrapped snapper. But they'll be expanding the chef's counter, giving it an airier feel, and making more room for the popular wine dinners. The wait will just make its reopening that much more special. And finally, my favorite news of the week. A new special event venue, the Sunset, Sunset Showcase on Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood Studios, will be opening this fall with a brand new experience, Club Disney. Here you can join Mickey and Pals on the dance floor as there will be a DJ spinning Radio Disney's top 40 hits. In this fun-filled club environment, the walls will come alive with animation and magic we can only pres presume through Disney's awesome production technology. There will also be a seating area, electronic charging area, and a snack station. We can't wait to see it premiere on December 5th. Thanks for listening, and until next time, don't forget, you can fly. Come out to socialize.
side Restless bones materialize Eerie eyes in the night And the nerves come out to So don't close your eyes and try to hide For a silly spook may sit by your side Dressed up in a strange disguise They pretend to terrorize Grim Grinnicles come out to socialize Grim Grinnicles come out to socialize Listening to Disney On Demand's annual not so scary month long celebration. Beware of hitchhiking ghosts. <laughs> Alright, OVD Head, so I am back and I hope you're enjoying our show so far for show number 121 as we're getting ready for Mr. Boogity, all things spooky, as we have director and producer. Oz Scott stopping in here very shortly. We've had lots of fun from the D team, from Halloween memories, answering questions, their signature segments, and so much more. And the show is definitely huge here this week, all of you D heads. So with that, I already gave you a ton of news. I gave you tons of news hot off the D wire. And since the D team is giving some Halloween memories here, you know what? I'm going to talk about my own Halloween memory here at the show. And one Halloween memory that is spooky and creepy and scary is Nightmare on Elm Street. Now, I know it's not very Disney. It's not very Disney at all, but I remember way back in the 80s, looking back, that was a film that I wasn't allowed to see. I wasn't allowed to check these films out at all. And I remember one evening, myself, a couple of friends of ours, we all snuck down into our parents' basement. We turned on the film, and I think it was part three, Dream Warriors. You know, that docking song still sticks out in my head with the Dream Warriors. And we watched it. And, of course, we're all acting big and bold. And, you know, we're, we're not scared. This is nothing. Uh, but come to find out, we heard some walking on the stairs. And he's like, it's just creaking. There's nothing major to it. It's just a creaky noise. But we're sitting there. We're, we check. There's nobody there. There's nobody there again. And this whole time the movie's going on, we keep hearing this. And none of us wants to admit that we're hearing noises. We just keep checking to see if their parents are coming down because we don't want to get caught watching the film. So we hear these noises. We go check them out. We hear these noises. We go check them out again. So the whole time we're sitting there wondering, all right, we're not scared. We're, we're, We're good. We're good. So finally the movie ends. And we're ready, you know, movie shuts off and rewind happens because, of course, this is the day of VHS tapes. And next thing we know, all the lights go out in the house. And it was terrifying. We're like, what just happened? 
So at that point, everybody lost it. We're scurrying around, we're wondering what's going on, we're trying to find the stairs to get back upstairs, you know, to the main core living room of my friend's house. And during that time, as we do it, one at a time, people were jumping out and grabbing us. Yes, one person at a time. First me, I screamed like a little girl, then it came to my friend, another friend, and finally the last friend. All of us got grabbed, pulled off to the side, and we were all screaming, and it was all simultaneous. Well, you know, lights come back on. Come to find out, his parents were well aware that we were watching the movie down there. Apparently, they already knew that he snuck this videotape. We were down there, so they waited until the entire movie was over. So his father got his mother, his father, his cousin, and their next-door neighbor to wait upstairs patiently until the film was over to cut the power in the house, cut off all the lights, and scare us all to death to teach us a lesson. So to that day, Nightmare on Elm Street is just one of my absolute favorite films to date uh, that is Halloween-based. And I know it's scary and horror, and it's definitely not Disney. And I do have some great Disney Halloween memories. But since I'm trying to go scary here this week, like the rest of the team with their memories, that is one that terrified me to this day. And we're all still friends, and we all still talk about it. And I am waiting for that opportunity to pull that trick on my kids as well. So there you go, D-Heads. That's my scary Halloween memory uh, for this week's show. And I left you with tons of news hot off the D-Wire. So you know what? I'm going to release the reins to the D-Team. We have more from the D-Team coming up. We have Nathan with This Week in Disney History. Paige with the Magical Music Review. We also have Jason digging into the vault. And we're gearing up for the spooky Frightmaster himself, the man who directed Mr. Boogity, Bride of Boogity, the Cheetah Girls, Gotham, and so much more, Mr. Oz Scott is going to be stopping in here very shortly as well. So with that, I'm going to release the reins and boogity, boogity, boom. It's midnight. I've got a trick for Mickey Mouse. Sorry, Minnie, but we don't want to be dull villains on Halloween. Okay, everybody, now it's time for a change of pace. Lights out. Huh? Right you are, Mickey. It's Halloween, you know, and with just the right touch. This could be quite the place. Full of wholesome, happy faces. Hanging out. Killing time. Where everyone's a friend of mine. Mm. Inside this evil joint. Every guest gets to the point. This day will live in infamy. House of Mouse's history! <laughs> it's our house now! It's our house now! It's the fact you can't ignore! Shut the window! Lock the door! It's our house now! Raise your mug to peas and butt! Join the rabble-rousing round! It's our house now! How the coolest cats fit in so perfectly! Every evil queen gets due respect. Love your work. You'll forget your troubles, put your trust in me. You had your fun. You played your play. But every road in the past is day. Break that down! Chicken! 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 
Now that the House of Mouse is our house, things are going to be a little different. All <gasps> right, Jafar. You've had your fun. Now I'm here to set things right. And I brought my boys. So, are you going to get off my stage, or are we going to have to make you? Ahem. <clears throat> Try, Mickey. But you and Goofy, and especially that scary duck, are about to get a real fright. <laughs> and now, a Disney on demand memory. Hey there, D Heads. Paige from the D Team here. When hinges creak in doorless chambers and strange and frightening sounds echo through the halls, we can begin to quiver in fear. I'm not someone who enjoys being scared. I don't go to haunted houses. I don't play scary tricks. And above all, I do not like scary movies. I just can't do it. I watch Charlie Brown, Bing Crosby narrating The Legend of Sleepy Hollow, and Mickey's House of Villains on Halloween. The Nightmare Before Christmas is probably the darkest thing I've ever watched on Halloween. I'd have to say that the scariest memory I have from Halloween is four years ago at a party. It was being held at my friend's family's business. I showed up late and everyone was watching a scary movie. So that I could enjoy being with everyone, I just tipped my giant witch's hat towards the screen and turned up the volume on my iPod and talked to everybody during the commercial break. One of my friends was particularly freaked out but wanted to keep watching, so she came next to me and I just held her in a giant hug. For about an hour. It no longer mattered I couldn't see or hear the film. She was shaking and screaming so much I didn't need to know exactly what was happening on screen. When the movie ended, we had to close up the shop. As we all headed to the door, we started moving slower. Once everyone was out the door and it was locked behind us, we just kind of stood there. It was dark, cold, and very quiet. We could see everyone's cars, but no one was ready to take that first step to leave the group. Finally, we all just decided to run to our respective cars, yelling back and forth to text everyone when they got home. I may not have joined in on the watching of the scary movie, but we were all plenty spooked when we went outside and that would definitely make it the scariest memory I have from Halloween. The grand prize winner. dealings with stressed envelope to Davis and Kirk. Right down that. When word got out of Walt Disney's plans for a haunted mansion, the ghost relations department at Wed Enterprises was deluged with inquiries from assorted ghosts and haunts who were dying to get a look at it. An expert staff of master illusioneers worked for more than 10 years planning everything down to the minutest detail. This is the endless hallway, a misty passage beckoning you to enter, but offering no end. Of course, a model had to be made for the ghost's approval. Come along and follow us. Who knows? Someday you may want to live here yourself. No haunted mansion would be complete without a seance room. This one was designed as a cozy gathering place where the spirits could practice chain rattling, screeching, and the ever popular horn blowing. The Imagineers at Wed Enterprises, many of whom were formerly animators at the Disney studio, worked overtime to make these tiny real figures arrive at the haunted mansion as ghosts. Seems to work well enough, doesn't it? 
Suitable sleeping quarters had to be prepared. You might call this a model apartment. As the ghosts began to arrive, individual problems began to pop up. A skeleton crew of technicians was kept busy full time, attending to the peculiar needs of the future inhabitants. No stone was left unturned. Welcome back, foolish mortals, to the Disney On Demand, Episode 3 of Diz Radio's fourth annual Not-So-Scary Halloween. I'm your host, your ghost host again, Nathan, ready to take you through another segment's worth of historical Disney facts and potential trivia in this week in Disney history. We've been dying for your return, but if you would like to join our jamboree, there's a simple rule that's compulsory. You better not have forgot to bring your death certificate with you. Now, branching off that, let's begin. After all, again, there's no turning back now. Kicking off this week, let's begin with a throwback to this week in Diz Radio history with show number 22 from October 2012 featuring Ken Page, Mr. Oogie Boogie himself. So, if you were in the Halloween spirit and want to hear from the man who is the shadow on the moon at night and fills your dreams with fright, take a trip back with us and listen to a great guest and some Halloween season memories in show number 22. Now, starting out this week in Disney history, we begin in 1903 with award-winning animator, director, and Disney legend Hamilton Lusk, born in Illinois. He joined the Disney Studios in 1931 when he contributed to Disney classics such as Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, being the first animator put on the project by Walt Disney himself, Alice in Wonderland, Cinderella, Peter Pan, Mary Poppins, and Pinocchio, to name a few. Moving on to 1925, actress Angela Lansbury, the voice of Mrs. Potts in Disney's Beauty and the Beast, and the star of the live-action Bed Knobs and Broomsticks as Miss Price, is born in London, England. In 1937, Donald Duck's identical triplet nephews Huey, Dewey, and Louie debut in Disney's Sunday comic strip. In 1943, the Disney short Figaro and Cleo, distributed by RKO Studios, is released, and it'll mark the first appearance of the kitten and goldfish since their debut in 1940's Pinocchio. In 1955, ticket books at a cost of $2.50 per adult, $2 per junior, and $1.50 per child are available for the very first time at Disneyland's new theme park. A day at Disneyland contains 3A tickets, 2B, and 3C. Later on down the line, though, D tickets will be added the following year, and E tickets in 1959. In 1962, actress Joan Cusack, the voice of Jessie the Yodeling Cowgirl in both Toy Story 2 and 3, is born in New York City. In 1965, the World's Fair in Flushing, New York officially ended, which included four attractions developed by Walt Disney, including General Electric's Carousel of Progress, Ford's Magic Skyway, Pepsi-Cola's It's a Small World, and the State of Illinois' Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln. In 1971, Life Magazine presents a look at the newly opened Disney World in Florida. A color photo of 1,500 Disney employees standing in front of Cinderella's castle posed and is featured on the cover of the magazine. The issue also includes a pull-out poster sponsored by Eastern Airlines of the New Magic Kingdom. This magazine is absolutely awesome, by the way. I have a copy of this at home, which I got from uh, my family for for Christmas a few years back. And uh, if you can go on eBay and find one for a decent price, I would definitely suggest it. They are extremely cool. In 1985, actress Michelle Trachtenberg, the star of Disney's 2005 Ice Princess, is born in New York City. 
1991, Touchstone Pictures released the comedy Ernest Scared Stupid, starring Jim Varney. In 92, actor and singer Vincent Martella, the voice of Phineas for Disney Channel's Phineas and Ferb, is born in Rochester, New York. In 1993, Touchstone Pictures, The Nightmare Before Christmas, opened officially in New York City and select other cities across the United States. In 96, the Main Street Electrical Parade at Disneyland gives its final performance. In 1997, Intercot, a Disney fan website, officially comes online, and within four years it'll become one of the most visited Disney World information sites on the web. In 1998, the Disney Channel original movie Halloween Town, starring Debbie Reynolds and Kimberly J. Brown, first airs. In 2000, the Disney Channel original movie Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire premiered. In 2001, Touchstone Pictures released the comedy feature Corky Romano, starring former Saturday Night Live cast member Chris Catan. In 2005, the Disney Channel original movie Twitches, starring Tia and Tamara Maori, debuted. And we're going to end this week in History D-Heads with 2008, when Disney World's newest restaurant, T-Rex, a dinosaur-themed eatery, opened in downtown Disney, now Disney Springs. Well, D-Heads, that's all again for this week in Disney history. Hope you enjoyed and learned something new maybe you didn't know. Glad you tuned in this week. We've been dying to have you. Feel free to email me at nathan at disradio.com. As always, guys, have a great week. See you real soon. Boogity boogity boo.
Burn, get you too, Carl. Yeah, I'll be waiting. Yeah. Did you like the spider, Uncle Elmer? Oh, and I love the spider. Yeah, me too. Where's uh, uh, Jennifer? Oh, babysitting. Uh-huh. She should be home by now. She hope she's okay. Oh, one thing about Lucifer Falls, Elm. You're as safe out there as you are in your own living room. What is this, um, Lucy Fest? Oh, it's the Lucifer Falls Annual Festival. They've been having it since the Pilgrims. That's lots of fun, Elmer. You ought to come. Lights, camera, action. It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blue's Disney On Demand. And as we continue to bring you all the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney, many times those are ones that you've seen on the small screen, ones that stick with you forever, and the people behind the camera that help bring all the magic alive and really make it be part of your childhood. And with us here this week is somebody that's no stranger to that. If you've been a fan of any Disney Channel original movie, Disney Sunday night movies, Uh, television shows and so much more from the Jeffersons, American Dreams the Cheetah Girls and of course with Halloween in the Wings, Mr. Boogity and Bride of Boogity, we have none other than the director, producer, Oz Scott welcome to Disney On Demand It is our pleasure having you on. I mean, your resume never fails to impress. From all the different television shows that you've been part of, from the Jeffersons and, um, you know, working on so many different films, I guess the one thing I like to lead off with is what led you down this career path of wanting to, you know, get behind the camera and make the magic happen? Um, I think that I've always been into theater. Um, In high school, I always did theater. You know, I guess, you know, my father's a minister, so I just, you know, I just kept the tradition going in a different way. You know, with that, too, you know, you've gone on to do so many different, you know, television shows and movies. And, uh, you know, of course, for all of our Disney fans out there, you know, that especially grew up in the 80s, Mr. Boogity and Bride of Boogity, which continues to be a fan favorite. Um, You know, we've had Richard Masseur here on the show before and whatnot. I guess uh, in touching pace on that, with it being the Halloween season, how did you get attached to this project, you know, looking back now in retrospect? Um, I guess looking back in retrospect, um, I've... Uh, you know, I've been I've been doing so many different things. Even even back then, I you know I had a Broadway play that you know that I did called for colored girls who considered suicide. I came out. I did Busting Loose with Richard Pryor. So I knew the comedy and I knew the drama. And one of the things that you know, so so I kind of knew some of the people at Disney, and they called me and said, "Would you be interested?" And Michael Janover and I have become very close friends ever since we, you know, we did, you know, the two the two films, Mr. Boogity and Bride of Boogity, and you know, we're working some other things, but it just all fell into place. Well, you know, and with that, too, in tackling this film, um, you know, it's one of those films now that has become a, you know, a cult Disney classic. And every generation seems to have these, you know, uh, you know, cult classics that they grew up with watching on TV. Now, you know, with this film, was the script just something that really resonated with you? You just thought it was funny, hilarious, something you wanted to bring to life? I think it was, yeah, it was funny, hilarious. But we also, you know, and I think why it stands the test of the time, we dealt with real people. Uh, we had, those kids were real. Those kids were, 
oh, there's a ghost in the house. And they were very, very serious about it. Then you had, you know, the father, you know, and the mother who were just completely oblivious where you got the comedy. And I will say that I've heard so many people tell me, thank you for making it, and I can enjoy it because it appeals to adults as well as children. And I think what was fun for me was having kids come to me and having adults now come to me and say, that was my first horror film. (laughs) Well, you know, and that's the kind of film, like you said, it appeals to adults and children and everybody passes it on. I mean, I even pass it down to my children as well. And, you know, everybody loves this film. Now, in trying to tackle this film, uh, you know, with Mr. Boogity starting off with that, I guess, what is it like, you know, being the director? Because normally we're interviewing the actors, of course, who are involved with this. But what's all involved with trying to bring this kind of film to life from your end of, you know, trying to make the magic happen? I guess, what are some of the key things in terms of what's the importance with the look of Boogity or how it feels or how the camera angles are? Um, I guess, what what all goes into that? Well, I, you know, I think for me, I've always studied, I've studied comedy. I've studied horror, I've studied drama, I've studied, you know, I've studied all forms. And, you know, I wanted to make this a real, I wanted I wanted to find the angles, I wanted to find the darkness. I, I remember coming in back in the day and, and showing it to the executives, and I'd always bring uh, a sheet of ND paper to put over a filter to put over the um, over the screen when they watched it. I said because it was too bright. When you know before we did the color timing and everything, I said this has got to be dark and and scary and, and and then have the laughter break through it. I just and I think one of the funny stories I remember was in 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 Bride of Boogity. I had I had um, our. our the older son rising out of the casket, and there was one shot that Michael Eisner said, "That's it. Stop. No, you can't do that. It's too scary." <laughs> Even though it was still going to be end with a joke, but you know, he said, "You just, it just was." He said, "When we just, when when Disney starts doing horror films, we're going to call you up, but you got to pull that shot out." <laughs> well, you know, and with that too, you know, with these films, of course, um, you know, working on the set, um, are there any of those stories or anything that you may be able to recall? Because you do have such, you know, an extensive career. Um, but, you know, being on the set of Mr. Boogity, are there any one of those instances where something happened or there's a great little story or something that's just going to help you remember in your memoirs to this day? You're going to be like, that is something I took away from that film. Oh, wow. I, you know, I it's it's I, I i don't i don't know i mean i think the film went over so smoothly we had such a good time i mean we were you know i think the way i direct anyway is i'm constantly finding things on, on you know as we do it you know when something happens um i think the you know the one thing that i'll always remember is un- the unfortunate Though fortunate, you know, having to replace the daughter, you know, from Christy Swanson to Tammy Lauren, which, you know, we wanted to stay with Christy, but Christy started to really get a lot of work at the time. And, you know, Tammy did a very good job. I'm, you know, very happy with her, but, you know, we were trying to keep 
that family intact. So, you know, it goes from one film to the other. Well, you know, and with that too, with, you know, coming on with the sequel of Bride of Boogity and um, with that, of course, um, was that something that you just openly were, you know, open arms? You're like, all right, I'm definitely coming back to this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and coming back to the, to the second one, you know, with the Bride of Boogity, I think Michael and I both said, what's the, you know, what's the, the, the nightmare for all children is, you know, is something happens to mom. And so, you know, that became, you know, it became fun, but it also came to that little scary part. What happens if mom gets possessed and taken away, you know? Though, you know, it all, you know, though what was great about all of, both of them was that there was always a laugh in there. There was always a laugh. Even the scariest thing you always ended with a laugh so definitely now i guess you know with that you know like i said you know we've interviewed you know many people on here and we'd have richard masseur on and that and he's a big advocate of it uh you know looking back now does it ever strike you as how popular this was for people you know lobbying to get it on dvd and people saying this needs to get released um to this day do you ever look back and you're like wow i never really thought that it was going to be you know, hanging on that strong out of, uh, you know, to all these different people's lives. Absolutely did not think that it was going to last this long. I mean, I don't know if it was like five years ago, and it was very funny because five years ago, I was in Vancouver filming. Somebody reached out and said, I want, you know, Mr. Boogity, is, is it on DVD? Can I, I want to see it. And I'd sort of written back, said, you know, no, but I was, going to, you know, I was going to reach out to Disney and say, guys, you've got to put it out because it's, you know, there's so much demand for it. Maybe it was even longer. Maybe it was like seven, eight years ago. And then I went down to the lobby. I walked into the bar. I sat down at the bar. I mean, this is really how it happened. I sat down in the bar and this woman was sitting next to me and it was started to stare at me and I sort of like... Who is it? And I turned and I looked, and it was Christy Swanson. <laughs> I mean, out of the blue. I said, that's, that's, that's spooky. <laughs> well, you know, and that's the kind of thing, too, where, you know, it's one of those, you know, simple, spooky kind of things. And, you know, like you said, to this day, people really like it. And now it's finally seeing a limited DVD release and whatnot. Um, but, you know, it, it's playing such a big part in people's lives. And it's one of those generational things that really plays up the holiday. But, you know, aside from just Mr. Boogity, you've also played a part in, you know, other Disney things that everybody loves, of course, like the Cheetah Girls. And, you know, how different how, how different was it going from, you know, doing, you know, Mr. Boogity, Spooky, and you've done a lot of series in between there. And then you come back and do a, you know, pop, musical, just fun Cheetah Girls thing that was very well received. Oh, Cheetah Girls went through the roof again, you know, didn't expect it, you know. I remember when we put, we decided we wanted to put the album out. And Disney Records said, ah, no, 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 nobody's going to buy it, don't worry about it. If you get 15,000, you know sales you'll be happy 25,000 kiss the ground you're standing on and after 3 weeks we were selling between 15,000 and 25,000 units a week and this went on for over a year 
Well, you know, and with that too, you know, because it was so big and such a breakout and that was, you know, you know, pre all those, you know, high school musical days and things like that. So Cheetah Girls really set that trend, I guess. What is it like directing something completely opposite of doing the spooky and going into, you know, the pop lives of a bunch of teenage girls? Um, you know, it's still the kids. It's still those kids that I knew back then. I mean, it's, you know, I have children. You know, my children are about that age. I had given the script to my children to read, and I said, what do you think? And they were, they're actually pretty good on giving me notes. So, you know, for me, I was, you know, you're doing it for them. You're doing it for them, and also I think I'm doing it for my own childhood. And I think what 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 I see in this, you know, people holding on to Boogity, Mr. Boogity, and Bride of Boogity, is our childhood. I mean, I was raised, my father was in the military. We were raised on those Saturday morning and and. The, the, those those films, you know, I, I watched Vincent Price and the House of Ushers, and I, you know, I mean, you know, our parents sent us off to the movies, and you know, we'd get scared to death and come home and have our, you know, that's how I was raised. I was raised in a way with these movies, and I wanted to, I wanted to, you know, pay homage to those movies too. Definitely, you know, and I think you hit the nail on the head there when you said it just brings us back to our childhood and something because, you know, I look back to, you know, Mr. Boogity and, you know, now I'm passing it on to my kids, like you said, and, you know, your children with, you know, Cheetah Girls and things like that. Now, you know, when you're doing uh, all these different films and series and, of course, you know, all the different television series you're part of, um, you know, when you're doing this, is it difficult to just kind of switch your frame of mind for each story or each scenario. I mean, when you're doing things from, you know, Gotham to CSI to the Jeffersons and Give Me a Break, um, do you kind of have to sit there, sit back, and just evaluate each episode as it comes? Yeah, and, and, and I think, you know, the way I look and the way I work, I still want to find who those people are, the characters. I, I, you know, people sit there and they talked about the Jeffersons and they talked about Sherman Hemsley. But Sherman Hemsley, what was interesting about him, he's an actor. And he's an actor playing a real person who said, I got mine, you don't have yours. And there was the fun in it. And so I've always tried to find where the, the fun, the comedy comes out of the reality of the people. And when it does come out of the reality of the people, you and I are attracted to it because we recognize it, because it's laughing at ourselves because we understand it. You know, I get very, I, I don't do silly well. It's not that I don't like doing silly, don't get me wrong, but I want the silly to come out of the person. And there's times I've turned films down because I said, I don't know who these people are. They're just being silly to be silly. It's one thing, like with Richard Mazur, who I think was very silly, there was still a real person there. So, and, and as I say, Cheetah Girls, Boogity, Bride of Boogity, a lot of things I do, adults feel very comfortable saying, I can watch this on my own. I don't need my kids here. And that, for me, is, is the biggest compliment I could get. 
Definitely. You know, and like you said, you know, it's something where everybody can sit down, everybody can watch it. And you always find something to relate to with each of those people. Now, you know, with that, and you know, like you like you've mentioned with Mr. Boogity and Bride of Boogity, and of course, being part of the Sunday night movie, um, you know, were you one of those uh, children growing up where you looked forward to, you know, the wonderful world of Disney and those Sunday night movies as well? Spin and Marty, all that stuff, you know, Nancy Drew. I was, you know, I grew up on all of that. I'm the Mickey Mouse Club. I grew up <laughs> on it. So when the time came for them to say, hey, you know, we want you to do a Sunday night movie, um, was that just one of those? You're like, all right, I, I'm doing this, and it's something from my own childhood now that I can bring to somebody else's childhood. Yeah, yeah. No, for me, it was, I, was, I was excited. I was thrilled. And... I just say, you know, I had a great time. You know, it was it was fun. You know, and and the cast, you know, the you know both casts. It was just a great cast. You know, John Aston. You know, it's just Mimi Kennedy. You know, and what was great about Mimi Kennedy and Richard Master, we we went way back. You know, I knew Richard when he was working at Yale. Mimi Kennedy, I had done theater back in the day, so you know. We, you know, we all grew up together, so it was so much fun to be working together and, and, and creating this and bringing this about. Well, I guess, and with that too, and creating this, um, you know, with it being a spooky kind of movie, and tis the season right now, even. Um, are you are you one of those people that you enjoy the fun and frolic of Halloween, at least even as a father with your children? Yeah, I do, I do, you know. But I think it's funny. I, I'm not. You know, it's funny. I just got invited to a Halloween party to, today, and I said, "Oh my goodness, it's Halloween again!" <laughs> yeah, it's you know, you know, and I've got I've got these kids, and you know, and my kids are beginning to start having their own kids, and you know, it's the, the excitement, the excitement that those children have. You know, when you're three, four, five, six years old, of the wonder of it all. You know, it's it's with the with the firecrackers and the masks and, and and whatever it is the easter bunny whatever it's just it's their innocence and it's like they're open to everything and anything and and it's just it's fun life is fun and we can't forget that you know i think as we get older a lot of times we stop having the fun and we have to realize you can still have fun i still have fun <laughs> well, you know, we know that you're busy and you have a lot of different things on the horizon and you're taking this time out of your day for us. But uh, I guess in closing here, you know, with Mr. Boogity, Bride of Boogity, Cheetah Girl, so much you've done, played so many parts. And, and now, you know, with Mr. Boogity and Bride of Boogity being uh, these cult classics with Disney, is there any final thing you'd like to leave out there for, you know, all the people's lives who've used touch who you know, have rallied together, wanted to get this on DVD and are passing it on to generations. Is there anything you'd like to leave out there for them as, you know, kind of lasting words? Um, I, I would say from, from Mr. Boogity himself, the guy who brought it to life. I, I think it's just, it's, 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 Hey, boogity, boogity, boo. I said, just enjoy it. I mean, it's, there's a reality there's a reality to the humor there's there's a passion there's a compassion there is the fun there is you know for me it's just about the children it's it's keeping the child alive in us all 
And I and, and that's what's really a lot of fun when I hear, hear people say, when people realize you did Mr. Boogity, you did Bride of Boogity, you did the Cheetah Girls. For me, it's they're reliving their childhood. And I relive my childhood all the time. I remember the good times. I remember the fun times. And I try to keep that alive in my life today. Well, you know, and I think you've done that. And, you know, it always shows in your work and everything else that you do. And like I said, you've played a big part in everyone else's lives and so many different, uh, you know, things on there. And of course, um, you know, we've getting a couple questions in here. If you have a couple minutes longer, we were asking people, you know, what they'd want to ask you. And one of them that we bypassed here when we first started is uh, they wanted to know, was there any one scene on either Bride or Mr. Boogity that was the hardest to shoot? Hardest to shoot. That's interesting. Um, you know, I, I think the way I would say it: What are those those scenes that I remember the clearest? And as I said, I remember the opening of the uncle coming to visit at his bride of Boogity and, and coming in and the coffin and everything in the house coming to life. I always remember that. I remember John Aston being introduced to Mr. Boogity where he comes out of the shadows. You know, for me, that was just a classic horror shot of this person, this thing coming at you and you're not, and then all of a sudden it's this nice old man who's just kind of like, hey, what's up? Um, I, you know, it's, it's, again, it's so long ago, but I'll tell you what's very funny. When I filmed che The Cheetah Girls, I remember going to a summer camp and talking to the kids a week before it came out. And I was amazed how they knew more about what was happening on my set than I was. Because when I'm <laughs> filming, I'm working, I'm right into it. They had all the gossip. They said, did you know what happened in the dressing room and blah, 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 between so-and-so and so-and-so? And I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, I think I, you know, I get so caught up to it. I think maybe if the hardest would be when the flying of, 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 of mom, you know, in, in the Bride of Boogity when, 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 when Mr. Boogity, you know, takes her away, you know, we had all that, we had this rig and these cranes and, you know, we had her flying through the air, floating through the air, you know, and a lot of, you know, a lot of the, effects afterwards you know it was a long time ago before all the cgi that they the visual effects we do today you know which is sort of like child's play you know compared to you know what we were doing then it was that was nothing <laughs> definitely that was the golden age of practical effects but you know like i said you know you have so many different things on the horizon played so many different parts in every people in people's lives you know from television episodes to movies so much more. Um, I guess, you know, with that, uh, you know, where are we going to see you, you know, coming up recently, if you can let us in as to, you know, anything that you're going to be currently behind the camera for? Well, actually, next week, I've got the player coming on with Wesley Snipes and Philip Winchester. And then I'm, I'm actually starting work on Code Black with Marsha Gay Harden tomorrow. Um... There's a whole lot of, you know, I've got a lot of stuff coming. I'm going to go back to Gotham, which is going to be really a lot of fun. That'll be in January. You know, Blood and Oil with Don Johnson. So I, I keep 
jumping around. Always jumping from one thing to the next. And the key point is always in those series that are, you know, playing part in everybody's lives. But, you know, we know you're busy, like I said before, and we don't want to keep you too long. But, you know, thank you once again for stopping in, chatting with us, taking this trip down memory lane, of course, and, you know, playing that part in everyone's lives. And, you know, you're always welcome back anytime to stop in and talk about any work you've done. And I know that uh, Mr. Boogity, Bride of Boogity, Cheetah Girls, I know it's going to be living on. And there's another one coming out that I just want everybody to know about is is Shadow Hunters. I don't know if you know the series of books, young adult books, which is going to come out on ABC Family, which is of course part of the whole Disney family. It's the Shadow Hunters, which will be really interesting. It's it's a, it's a huge book series. It's a huge book series that they're turning into a TV show. That'll be fantastic. I've actually seen the. I think I think they're already putting a lot of buffers in for that, promoting that as well. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. You know, so you're you're always around and always everywhere, and uh, yeah, I mean, constantly in everybody's life. So thank you once again for stopping in, and everything's going to be passed on to generations as I pass it on to my kids, and I'm sure they're going to be passing on to theirs. So thanks once again for making the memories happen and bringing that magic to light on the small screen, big screen, you name it. Thank you, and keep up the work. I'm the cat they call Monster Mouth When I party rap, 
mean I'm the cool range Hollered like the Frankenstein I said a rap, bash, another zap Can't stop the rapping now He won't stop rapping Strap him down, Igor He must be heavily sedated Yes, master Oh, shut up And I'm the voice of Oogie Boogie. And I want you to know you're listening to Disney On Demand. Ooh. Oh, my siestas are getting shorter and shorter. Required voice identification. EC82. Hey gang, it's me again, Jason. Welcome back down to the place where we stir up all the ghoulish fun down here in the vault. We continue our not-so-scary Halloween with something that actually used to scare the bejeebus out of me when I was young. I'm still young, but hey, it still doesn't scare me as much as it used to. With Oz Scott sitting upstairs, I thought it was only fitting that I bring yet another fiendishly fun Disney film back from the vault to you this week. When Richard Mauser was on the show, I was fortunate to bring out Mr. Boogity. Again, at that time, very difficult means to finding a way to watch it, considering there is no DVD capture of it, at least in the States. I had to rely on old VHS tapes and my little keen memory. Today, I was fortunate to watch our feature presentation on a streaming service, and I'm thrilled to be able to watch all of these great Disney Sunday movies. So, Oz, I thank you. You took a lot of life out of me by scaring me with the sequel to Mr. Boogity, The Bride of Boogity. Our story opens just a few years after the original. The Davis family has finally fit in and has become a part of Lucifer Falls. You would think by looking at the postcard in the welcome wagon, Lucifer Falls, you might want to turn back, think that something might be wrong, but who am I? Carlton has been asked to be the guest of honor in their local festival this year. Everyone's ecstatic. Well, except Tom Lynch, his rival in the novelty business. Can there really be a rival in novelty? What does any rival do to their nemesis? Why, they always plan something evil, of course, and since it is Lucifer Falls, it only makes sense that Tom tried to sabotage anything that happens. Well, that's only just the beginning. Jennifer and her brothers Corwin and Ari have this strong sense that Mr. Boogity may be coming back. I mean, maybe because it's in the title of the movie, but Carlton and Eloise brush it off, thinking that their kids are full of, well, trick-or-treat candy. And you would think that the Davises would start to believe their children when the local fortune teller, Madalinska, actually warns them that something evil's coming. I don't know, call it a hunch, but if I'm getting told by a fortune teller that something's not right, I may want to prepare myself. So rather than say everything's okay, the Davis family gathers together and mom and dad create a faux seance 
to prove that Mr. Boogity is gone forever. However, that's not how this works. It never does. We've all ridden the Haunted Mansion a few times. Carlton's impersonation, along with everything else that goes on in the seance, awakens his spirit and brings Lucifer Falls back under his spell. Also, at the same time, Mr. Boogity feels a little lonely and snatches Eloise to call his own, making her the bride of Boogity. Now it is up to the Davis family to band together and send him back where he belongs. Oh, and bring Mom back while we're at it. But if that's not the end of all things, it's Tom, again, the rival, finding Mr. Boogity's coat and uses it for his own means to create even more havoc for the Davis family. But in the end, it is the family and the togetherness of family that win out and Boogity is vanquished. Eloise is back home and Tom is, well, back selling novelties where he belongs. Now, the first air date of Bride of Boogity was back in 1987, pretty much back at the height of the wonderful world of Disney ABC era. A great, great film. Actually, a wonderful sequel to the original. It's hard to believe that it has been this long since Boogity has graced our screens. And now that a certain streaming service is allowing for these great films to be reviewed, I would suggest any means to do so because Halloween is here and this is one of those films that makes you grin with ghoulish delight. Actually, again, back when I was younger, it did scare me a little bit. And uh, my youngest cousin actually cannot watch either one of these films. It still scares him to this day. And he's 30. So that just kind of tells you certain things stick with you for a long time. Because it's on a streaming service and has never been released on DVD, there are no bonus features available for you to watch. However, you really don't need to when you have such a masterpiece finally coming from television to your big screen. Again, with Richard Mauser and David Faustino all in the cast, and who can forget Eugene Levy? I mean, he does make for comic gold. So, what are you doing this Sunday night? I think you're having your own Disney Sunday movie night with Mr. Boogity. It is a small price to pay, and I mean small price, to have a little frightful fun with the family, with the Davises, and of course, Boogity himself. So I'll file this one under H for Honeymoon, and we will see you again next week with another frightful tale from the Disney canon here on The Vault. So until then, gang, remember, the magic of Disney movies is always a frightful jaunt down the aisle and always boogity, boogity, boo inside of you. Marion Carlton. Uh-huh. Come to me. <laughs> Marion, I want you. Honey, it's Eloise. I want to marry you. Cut it out, Carlton. I'm not Carlton. Okay, who are you? Boogie. 
Hey there, D-Heads. Paige here with an all-new Halloween Magical Music Review. We are in the middle of our fourth annual Not-So-Scary Halloween celebration here at Diz Radio, and this week, Jonathan has Mr. Oz Scott, director of the Halloween classic Mr. Boogity in the studio. We are diving deep into the archives this week for our music. I'm dusting off the 1929 Silly Symphony, The Skeleton Dance. Composed by Carl Stalling, whose credits include Looney Tunes, Merry Melodies, and the voice behind Mickey Mouse's first word, Hot dog! Hot dog! Hot dog! Hot dog! Mr. Stalling is a legend in music for animated films. In a 1969 interview, he explained that the skeleton dance was a foxtrot in a minor key, also adapting Edvard Grieg's The March of the Trolls. The instrumentation is carried by a full orchestra portraying all of the action. We have woodwinds, high and low brass, percussion, and violins galore. They bring the skeletons and animals to life. Mr. Stalling suggested this idea at a gag meeting at Disney in 1929, and it became a reality. So as not to interrupt the piece, I will see you on the other side to wrap it up for this week. Enjoy this haunting silly symphony, the 1929 classic, The Skeleton Dance. Thank you. 
now we've come to the end of our time for this week. A shorter time, but really, what could you partner with this piece? I definitely recommend going to find this on YouTube to enjoy Ub Iwerks' animation with Carl Stallings' music. I hope you all have a great rest of your week, D-Heads. As always, feel free to connect with me on the D-Wire Discussion Facebook page or at page at disradio.com. Until next time, D-Heads, see ya! Boogity, boogity, boo! Best envelope to Davis and Kirk. Write down that. Wow, can you believe it? It's Halloween time again here at the Disneyland Resort. I'm David Crancy from the decorating department, and I'm here at Big Thunder Ranch Jamboree. Halloween Carnival. This is amazing. Don't run out and spend $100 on the ghost. I'm going to show you how to do it. It's as simple as some PVC pipe and some soda bottles. Now, I got this right out of my refrigerator, so 99 cents. I got a styrofoam ball that I glued to the top of my bottle. That was $3. And then using a Christmas light that I already had in the attic, I put this right in a small hole I made. Now, what's great about this is this is going to be the base for your ghost. This actually provides the illumination. This provides the headpiece using some PVC pipe that you can get at any hardware store. You can actually create your own ghost just by using the straight up PVC pipe, spreading out some arms. You can create this as tall as you want. And I actually put a black light on this, so I've got an interior illumination as well as an exterior illumination. And then to finish my ghost off, it's as simple as just getting some felt. So simple, so much fun, you guys. Big, big hit in our neighborhood. You don't have to break the bank doing this stuff. It can be stuff you can do at home with what you already have. What we've done is we've just created some great themed pumpkins. Again, these are very inexpensive pumpkins. We drew our faces on the pumpkin, and you take an awl. It's a lot like a screwdriver, except that it's got a finer tip on it. And you're just going to puncture in every half inch the hole, and you're going to follow the outline of your face. This probably takes maybe 15 or 20 minutes. And then you start plugging in your pegs. This was a really cool idea that my kids came up with, which was candy cones created out of caution cones, your basic caution cone that you can provide at a hardware store. I've also cut a hole in the back. Again, I'm back to my Christmas lights. Put them right in there. At night, this provides a great illumination going up your walkways. These are just some fun ideas. You don't have to break the bank. You can use stuff you have at home and have a lot of fun. Come out and see us here at Disneyland for Halloween time. Have a great and safe season. I'm David Crancy. I'm the manager of the decorating department here at Disneyland. We're going to show you how to take a little of our Disney magic from our castle to your home. The Mickey pumpkin on Main Street is one of our amazing things that people love to take pictures of. We're going to show you how to make that. You know, our artisans from entertainment came up with some great pumpkin templates that you can find on our Disney Parks blogs. It's so easy just to cut them out, put them right on your pumpkin. You're going to outline them with a pencil, a pen, something that leaves an indentation in your pumpkin. When you're done, you're going to sculpt it out, and you're going to have this great Mickey pumpkin. Now, after you do the face, you want to add the ears, and that's so simple. These are artificial pumpkins, and I just hot glued them right onto this artificial pumpkin. Now, if you're using live pumpkins, you're going to have to use a stick or some kind of a twig inside to actually fasten it because the hot glue won't stick. We topped it off with our pumpkin bats. This is so easy to do with just smaller gourds, pumpkins, and some colored paper. All you have to do is cut it out, glue it on. Don't forget the googly eyes, and you've got a great little Mickey bat.
piece that you can uh, put on a table, on your mantle, great outside as well. If you're really creative and you want to get ambitious this year, try the stackable pumpkins. Same process as doing the Mickey pumpkin. All you want to do here is run a dowel through your pumpkins and down to a base that it's connected to by glue, drill it into the base, and start stacking your pumpkins. You can light it with, uh, you know, typical lights that you might use during Christmas in houses or a night light. These provide great illumination. This is fun. Everybody should try this. Come on out to Disneyland. See us here during Halloween time. And now, a Disney On Demand memory. Hey again, D-Heads, this is Nathan, and I was just wanting to chime in with, uh, not necessarily just, you know, favorite Halloween memories, but just memories of, I guess, this season or this time of the year. Um, there's so many, so I'm going to try and narrow it down just to a few, but it's so hard to do because I'm a big summer person. I love summer. I love going to Disney, obviously. I love going to the beach when we can, um, which I've been lucky enough to do twice now. You know, to since we're local in St. Louis, uh, getting to enjoy, you know, our six flags that we have here ever since I was a kid. So, you know, um, you know, and that that's all throughout the year too. Obviously, not just the fall Halloween season. Uh, they deck it all out for Fright Fest, so that's always a good time. Um, I guess one of my favorite memories, since I'm on the topic of theme parks right now, actually, is a few years ago when we took our uh, first Disney trip with our daughter Natalie. Um, it was actually for October 1st. Uh, her birthday is October 1st, so she's about as Disney of a baby as a Disney baby can get, I suppose, with sharing a lot of important dates with uh, Epcot and Magic Kingdom and Julie Andrews' birthday and, you know, just tons of other famous dates like that for the Disney company. Um, I really liked getting to see... We didn't get to go to the Mickey Halloween party or get to see the parade or anything like that but i really liked seeing just all the fall decorations and halloween decorations of the park so that was pretty cool but i guess more about you know here you know where i live in st louis is well southern illinois it i really just love all the different variety of things you get to do around here so you know as a kid it was always kind of fun and fresh and yet familiar because you kind of knew what to expect um we have very bitter cold uh, Halloween season, sometimes extremely rainy, and by the time you get home, you're lucky you're even gripping the candy pail anymore, <laughs> and your fingers don't snap off with it. Yes, I will reveal my alliances with sports teams. I love going to see the Cardinals, um, you know, just play some October baseball, and not necessarily just playoffs, but just, you know, as it gets a little bit cooler and not so blazing hot around here, just catching that and you know the blues starting up their hockey season um we recently got to go see a rams game for the very first time but uh, there's just lots of fall things that i really truly enjoy around here but yeah i mean anything from it's kind of that time of the season where you just you know hang out at home and not necessarily hibernate but you're, you know you're staying inside and watching movies and making warm let's be warm foods like chili and dumplings and you know, all these cool desserts and everything like that. But, you know, I just, I love Halloween in general. Just the dressing up, the going out, the hanging out with friends and family, to seeing our daughter so excited whenever she gets to dress up. One of my favorite memories with her, actually, is uh, all things she wanted to pick as a little kid to dress up one year, she chose Shirley Temple. So we tracked down this 
this plain Jane red dress and got her hair all curled up and everything and she had the time of her life to seeing her be Maleficent a few years ago and scaring the bejesus out of me with some of the glares that she possessed. <laughs> Another Halloween memory that really means a lot to me that we've had year after year. Um, we have two really good friends, Lori and Tim, um, and they always hold a huge Halloween get-together every year. It's awesome. You know, you dress up, you bring your kids dressed up, you know, they make Halloween-themed drinks. He really loved doing that. Um, and, uh, you know, they would have decorations everywhere. They got totally into it. Anyways, though, we had just gotten back from Disney World, if I remember correctly, in October. We were still trying to figure out a Halloween costume. Um, but we decided right before we went on our trip, because Natalie begged us so much, we told her we would buy her one of those really expensive, fancy bell dresses from the Disney store, and she could wear it to the parks as much as she wanted to. But if we bought it, that is what she had to be for Halloween. So we bought it for her, and when we got back, she was dead set then on being Belle. Then we were thinking it would be funny to dress up with her, so we actually found some materials and did some shopping around, and we found some things to dress up as Lumiere and, uh, and Babette from, from Beauty and the Beast with her. And according to Lori, we won the Halloween contest because she just thought it was the funniest thing ever. And I had these, like, trash cans on my hands that we wrapped construction paper around and bought these little flickering LEDs with, like, some of the fall decorations that look like gold leaves, and we spray-painted them and looked like flames, and I got this very uh, Bob Barker gold Price is Right suit jacket that I wore. But yeah, I really thought that was a fun memory, and one of the other things, too, that really stood out with me as a kid was, uh, <laughs> I remember I was in first grade, and I was hanging out with my parents at home, and we were going to be passing out candy to people, which was kind of unusual because we always went out. Um, the weather was great, so, you know, there wasn't really any excuses to why we wouldn't be, but we were hanging out at home, and uh, all of a sudden the doorbell rang, and I remember, you know, my parents being like, oh, go get the door, it's the trick-or-treaters, and I went to the door to go answer it, and staring back at me was this old, scary, cackly robed figure with a pasty white face and all you could see was her nose and her mouth and she started cackling and she was dressed up as the evil queen from Snow White and I remember her calling me by name um, my full name Nathaniel and uh, cackling and I froze with absolute terror and I couldn't even like say anything to anybody and <laughs> Turns out it was my uh, grandma trying to just scare me to death, and she succeeded, and she just thought it was the funniest thing ever, especially when my grandpa came around the corner laughing his head off as well. So that's probably one of my favorite Halloween memories as well, being a kid myself. Another thing out of the Halloween season, unfortunately our daughter's grandmother passed away a few years back, and it's kind of just a reminder that she's still hanging out with all of us, especially her. It's really comforting to her because Halloween was just one of the biggest points of her uh, her year each year. She went all out. I mean, for lack of better terms, Halloween just threw up everywhere when it, it was related to her. And it was just uh, kind of a comforting thing for everybody. But yeah, in summary, I mean, there's just there's a lot of things that it's always just a great time of the year. And 
I won't lie, it's kind of nice after such a busy summer with uh, vacations and everything like that, kind of getting to that point of winding down and just taking it easy. Um, but anyways, uh, I just wanted to wish from my family and our Diz Radio D-Team family to all you listeners that are so loyal to us. Uh, you know, thanks for listening in week after week. But I hope you and your family have a great Halloween. Um, and... Uh, don't forget, it's not just about going out and having all the fun and everything like that, but, you know, make it about family, make some memories, and make it a great time to look back. So, happy Halloween to you, D-Heads, and thanks again. Maybe Halloween's gonna be fun after all. Oh, it definitely is. What you gonna be on Halloween? To go trick or treat on Halloween. You could be a fireman. You know what? I think Halloween is my favorite holiday, too. Yay! Way to go! Be sure to grab your death certificate. Watch out for hitchhiking ghosts. Stand clear of elevator shafts. And look over your shoulder for those Disney villains. Because this is the annual not-so-scary Halloween celebration on Disney On Demand. All right, all of you D-heads, I hope you didn't bring Mr. Boogity with you, and that's going to end this week's show here at Disney On Demand. I hope you enjoyed this week's show for show number 121 here at Disney On Demand. And I want to extend a very special thank you once again to Oz Scott for stopping in, chatting with us, taking that trip down memory lane, and we are excited to see many new things that you're going to be directing, producing, and so much more, and of course, adding to those memories for all of us from Mr. Boogity, Bride of Boogity, and Cheetah Girls. Thank you for having these staples that we pass on to generations, including my children as well. I'd also like to thank the D-team of Aaron, Caitlin, Nathan, Paige, and Jason, all for stopping in here this week with their signature segments, their magical memories, and so much more. Without the D-team and their spooky attire and their spookiness here this week, you'd have nothing else than to listen to me ramble throughout the entire show. And remember to connect up with the D-team on our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z-Radio.com. And most of all, I want to thank you, the D-Heads. Yes, I want to give you a heaping handful of candy corn to say thank you. Thank you, the D-Heads, for allowing us to bring this show to you every single week. It is truly an honor for the last five years because of you that we bring you all the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney. So thank you, D-Heads, for making this show happen. And I'm throwing out virtual candy corn, hands of it, out to all of you to eat as well. So, LVD heads, with that said, next week we're going to continue on with our fourth annual Not-So-Scary Halloween celebration. And next week we're going to take a trip to a place that many people love. One that everybody just recalls full of witches and cats 
and even zombies, and I'm going to clue you in into a little bit more as to who that guest is going to be, but before I do that, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show, and first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at dizradio.com, that's D-I-Z Radio. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at dizradio.com, D-I-Z radio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can friend us on Facebook at facebook.com slash John Diz. That's J-O-N-D-I-Z. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and so much more. Just search Disney Blue, that's B-L-U, Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, or Disney On Demand all of which will help you find our show. Now, in addition, if you want to get the show right there on your mobile device, your iPod, your Android, and more, just subscribe to our show through Stitcher Radio and iTunes and get the latest shows right there on your device as soon as they are released. And remember, all of you D-heads, you can find all this and so much more on our official website at dizradio.com, D-I-Z Radio. Com. So, next week, we're continuing on with our fourth week of our not-so-scary Halloween celebration. And to do it, we're going to go to a place where it's full of three witches. It also has a cat, a zombie, and even a candle. I'm going to leave it at that, and it is a place that we visited many times before in past episodes. So I'm going to leave it at that, all of you D-heads. So get ready. Gear up for Halloween. We still have two more weeks of our annual Halloween celebration with more guests coming in the wings. So definitely have some fun, make those costumes, get ready to hand out candy and set up all the decorations and watch out for Mr. Boogity behind your back with Boogity, Boogity Boo. And remember, take that time, slow down, head out to the pumpkin patch and never neglect family for business. Until next week, all of you D-heads, Boogity, Boogity Boo. Jumps up into your throat, your parents.
Suddenly, the phone rings. Hello? Elvira, mistress of the dark. Hello? Hello? Who is this? Oh my god! The line's been cut! The phone! It's... Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.